Welcome to America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Advisory services offered through the Retirement Guys Formula. Registered Investment Advisor, America's Retirement Headquarters, America's Medicare Associates, and the Retirement Guys Formula are separate and independent entities from Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. Thank you so much for joining us and welcome you into America's Retirement Headquarters, home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates with Nolan Baker and Scott Kirshner and myself. My name is Chris Swan. 419-794-3030 is the phone number. Once again, that's 419-794-3030. Online, the website, ARHQ.com. Today on the show, the market is hanging in there, but well, how long is that going to last? We want you to watch out for beneficiary mistakes. And is it time to be cautious in the stock market? All this and more. But first, let me check in with the guys. Nolan and Scott, how you doing today? It's great. Great to be here. I uh, had an opportunity to go out to New York City uh, last week and uh, opportunity to, to visit Yale. So I can officially say I went to Yale. It was <laughs> Yale. <laughs> incredible opportunity. It's something we had planned actually for a couple of years. It got postponed with COVID. I had uh, an interview with Dr. Roger Ibbotson, an economist, uh, and also Dr. Getzman. So pretty interesting interview. In fact, uh, we're going to have some of those clips coming up and get their feedback uh, as we talk more and more about their outlook in the economy and the market. So should be some pretty interesting uh, tidbits of advice from sure. uh, some of the professors out at Yale. Yeah, and I was in um, I was in Cincinnati uh, when you were at um, uh, in New York. I was in Cincinnati, took in a baseball game, did a little event down there, um, a little Social Security Medicare event. Uh, had a had a real nice turnout, and um, we're ramping up. You know, AEP is uh, just a very very short time away, and we're getting ready to roll with that. Right around the corner, and uh, you know the end of the year is fast approaching us also, and so it's not a, a bad time to go ahead and start making sure all your ducks are in a row heading into 2024. Whether it is your Medicare, uh, you know, policy, whether that is your plans for retirement, uh, never a bad time to go ahead and start scheduling that, making sure you're you're set to go for whatever may come down the line. Four one nine seven nine four thirty thirty. But uh, you know uh, the year is not over yet. As a matter of fact, it is still very much football season, and uh, Coach Nick Saban from Alabama is in his seventeenth season. At Alabama, but after a, a rocky start for the Crimson Tide, there's already speculation that the 71 year old might be looking at retiring. Here is a uh, sports broadcaster, Paul Feinbaum, on ESPN's Matt Berry show. Saban is on short time. I mean, come on. Nick Saban spent $17.5 million buying a home on Jupiter Island. I'm just asking my friends in Alabama, if your head coach just dropped 17 and a half mil, that to me sounds like a retirement home. Whether you're a football coach or anybody else, knowing when it's time to, you know, to walk away, when to retire is a significant decision. How do you guys help clients uh, make this decision? Well, you know, um, I mean, look at Nick Saban. He's 71 years old. He doesn't look 71 at all. And he's still very active with the team in that. He'll, he'll be working in some capacity of some sort, maybe not a head coach, but uh, he'll, be just, he'll be doing something with Alabama. You know, but this really brings up a, a point that I met with a client a couple of weeks ago. And... Um, this particular client was turning 65, so he was wanting to have some sort of an idea about his Medicare and whether he could retire. And uh, his wife is uh, a little bit younger than him, uh, 10 years younger, and uh, they're sitting at the table with me, and they said, um, she said to me, she looks at me, she says, Scott, I want you to figure out how to get him to retire. And I looked at him, and I was talking to him, and he's a laborer. He works uh, at a, a body shop and, um, and, you know, painting cars and, and, you know, hammering on the metal and that. And you could tell that this guy was physically beat up. 
right? I mean, he was just at a point where he loved his job. He loves the people he works with. But physically, it's getting to a point where he needs to make a decision. You know, so when you look at how do you help clients know when it's time to retire, I look at it from the physical aspect of it for them, right? And not necessarily the financial, because that's what you guys do. But so, you know, I ended up referring him to uh, Chaz, and, um, you know, we sat down and we put a game plan put together for them to say, okay, here's the resources you have available. Here's what your costs are going to be when you do retire with Medicare. And here's how you can supplement that income if you retire now. So, you know, it worked out really well. Um, I just actually saw him. Uh, he, he was in the office the other day, and he, you know, shook my hand and thanked me. And he said, looks like it's going to happen. So, you know, that's one way that, that I help people. But, Nolan, how do you help somebody looking to retire and, and decide, determining whether it's ready or not? Well, I think this is an area where a lot of those decisions, they kind of overlap each other because, you know, health care is a major concern mm -hmm. for people, whether they retire before 65. Uh, I know we've got a lot of events going on right now where we're talking about Medicare, um, a couple of sold out crowds that we have. But if you wanted to get those dates on those upcoming events that we have, just go to ARHQ.com. Uh, click on the events tab. You can see some of those upcoming events that we have. When we look at it, though, and you look at the example of uh, knowing when to retire, you use that example of a client age 65. I also think of another case that we worked with. I'll call them Lee and Sarah. And in their particular situation, what they had to do is they had to figure out how to bridge the gap sure. of getting from age 62 to 65. Um, he already had it in his mind made up that he was going to retire and he was going to retire at the end of the year. So, folks, for anybody that is listening to today's show, if you're thinking about retiring in the year 2024, this is why you want to get on our schedule before year end, because there are some specific steps that we can take that could help you get retirement ready for 2024. So in Lee's and Sarah's example, their mind was made up. He was going to retire at the age of uh, 62 and finish up at the end of this year. January 1st was his retirement date. Uh, this was two years ago. Now, looking at his situation, he was over the age 59 and a half. And what a lot of folks don't realize is once you're over the age 59 and a half, you oftentimes have more flexibility to be able to access funds from your 401k. Sure. In his case, what we were able to do is able to take a look at what was going to be his income needs from 62 to 65 take a withdrawal out of his retirement account before he retired. And by doing so, what it did is it put the income on the previous year's tax return. So then when he retired in January and he reported what his income was, needing to purchase health insurance mm -hmm. through the Affordable Care Act, his income would be much lower. And it reduced, I think, his out-of-pocket health insurance expense on a monthly basis by 60% because he was able to plan ahead before he retired. Again, so if anybody's looking to retire, uh, like in Lee and Sarah's situation, we can help you developing a plan to kind of help things get a, a little bit easier. You talk about the client that you worked with, you know, the, the physical labor of sure. what it took to work. Um, I remember growing up uh, when I got into this business, since I started at the age of 18, I was going to college, also in the Marine Corps Reserves. I worked at a factory on the weekend, a brass refinery. And 
Uh, I tell you what, that is hard work. Sure. I give a lot of credit to people uh, that use their body all the time, and I could see years after years, you know, building that down. In fact, I just recently met with another couple, a similar situation, but it wasn't so much your body being beat down, it was your mental capacity being beat down. Absolutely. You know, what she explained to me is that her work environment today is significantly different than what it used to be. You know, post-COVID, she said that her employee's environment is completely different, uh, just not the same level of interaction that she has with her team. Her company is trying to get her uh, company position to sell it off. You know, so they're making cuts everywhere possible to kind of help bump the bottom mm -hmm. line to make it as profitable as possible when they sell it off. And mentally, it's just been exhausting for her. Sure. And she's like, look, I have to get out of here for my mental health. And I just want to know, Nolan, do we have enough money? We wanted to talk about the health care expenses right. and figure that out. But, you know, knowing what the numbers were and knowing what the plan was in Ryan and Heidi's situation, you know, what we did is we went through running the financial numbers. We used our financial planning software and we helped them create the independent income system. Now, the good thing was they had done a great job. They were savers and investors, and they had built up this nice nest egg. So whether they met with me or not, I think they were good to go. Sure. So our decision and their plan was, how do you go from good to great? You know, we took a look at, you know, if you're not going to get up and go to work every single day, how do we go through developing a plan of looking at your investments, looking at your taxes, looking at your insurances to make decisions to try to maximize every single dollar to get your money to work harder for you. So we go through this CFO checklist as part of that process and able to give them confidence. So again, for those folks that are out there listening, if you want to think about retirement and want to know, you know, how can we help you? There is some great ways that we could help you either gain confidence or at least tell you, here's the steps that you need to take in the next couple of years to get retirement ready. Uh, but if you're looking to retire next year, I would say it's very important maybe to meet with us or a professional before end of the year, because there are some specific steps that you can take now to help minimize uh, things like taxes and get you right, retirement ready uh, if and when there's a major downturn in the market. And we're absolutely here to help. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like um, teaching an old dog a new trick, right? You know, the mental aspect that I talked about the client that I have with the physical, but you're absolutely right. The mental aspect of it can really, really uh, actually cause health issues, right, which would be very expensive also. So, uh, you know, like Nolan said, we're here to help and, um, uh, you know, reach up, uh, look us up on the on the web and reach out to us, and we're, we're here for you. In the same way that if you are leaving your job, you're more than likely going to develop some sort of exit strategy, assuming you're not just going to go into your boss's office, give a couple four-letter words, and then leave. Probably ill-advised, by the way. But you should also make sure you have a proper strategy going into retirement for you when you clock out for the last time. And there's no time like the present, like Nolan and Scott said, to really go ahead and start putting that plan in place. So it all starts with that phone call, 419-794-3030. You can also go to the website, arhq.com. A lot of events coming up to help uh, you know, have that conversation a little further in a more educational setting. Or if you can't make those and you just want to skip the line and get directly in front of them and start developing that plan for you, once again, the number, 419 794 what should you do with a 401k if you're about to retire? We hear that question a lot here on the show, and Vanguard found that about 30% of the people cash them out at age 50 or later. I have to wonder, is this a smart move, or are there other, perhaps, better choices? When you look at what choices do you have with your 401k, it really is going to kind of break down into three categories is what I would call it. So first of all, 
we're going to talk to you that are the younger investors, those millennials that are maybe starting uh, to put money in uh, into the 401k. Uh, we're also going to be taking a look at, you know, people that reach a certain age. In this case, it's age 50. And what are the catch-up con contributions and options that you have under the SECURE Act? And then as you talk about people that reach the age 59 and a half, there's some credible options that are out there and, and available for you as well. So when I start and I, I think about it and I think about um, younger folks that are putting money into a, a tax-deferred retirement account, and I got I to go back to my younger ages. You know, my first uh, house that my wife and I had, uh, we lived over on Hoyles Avenue, and our first house that we purchased here in Toledo was a duplex. Uh, I lived in half, and I rented out the other half. Sure. And that other couple actually, you know, their their monthly rent pack paid our mortgage. Hmm. And we were really just kind of starting out in life and starting to save and accumulate money. And so when you look at a, at a 401k, one of the things that you want to look at, you know, as uh, somebody that's a younger saver is trying to maximize as soon as possible putting money aside for your future. Uh, that's having money aside for an emergency account, like a rainy day account. But in, in addition to that, the 401k, there's usually some type of company match. So the company says, if you're going to put in 6% of your income, we'll match you 50% up, sure. you know, mm -hmm. to the 6%. So whatever the company matches, you want to do that. And we've seen study after study that shows the more that you save, the earlier on, the bigger your balance becomes in the future and the easier it becomes to get financially independent. So there's also a, a large group of people that will typically save over and above the company match. If you're an investor and you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, or 50s, and you're saving over and above your company match, listen up, we have to talk. This is the reason why it may not be beneficial for you to put money over and above the company match in a traditional tax-deferred retirement account. And the reason why is you're saving money on the smaller deposit today to hopefully invest and be successful over the long term. So your money should double, triple, sure. it should grow over time. And you're going to pull it out at retirement time. And when you pull it out, if it's a larger balance, assuming that tax rates don't change, you're going to be paying taxes on a, a bigger balance. Now, in addition to that, we just surpassed $33 trillion in national debt, the first time ever in the history. And they're talking about a government shutdown, right? Because sure. the government's out of money, but they just raised the debt ceiling, and here we are, out of money again. So taxes could be higher in the future. So for you younger investors, what I want you to do is I want you to talk with a professional like our company about where to put that money over and above the company match. You might be better off putting the money into a Roth IRA, could be an example. Or I want to talk to the families that are out there. So maybe you were just recently married, maybe you've been married for the last 10 or 15 years, and I want to think about some scenarios that can happen in life. Unfortunately, uh, life is that, right? Mm -hmm. so, sometimes people get hurt, sick, or die, and they don't make it to retirement time. And a lot of the companies today, they don't provide great benefits in the form of taking care of your spouse in the event that somebody passes away early or becomes hurt or disabled. What you could do is you could redirect some of that money into a cash value life insurance policy. And that policy could be there to provide critical, chronic, and terminal illness benefits for you. So that family, heaven forbid, the breadwinner, the worker, and assuming that they're both workers, 
could have a policy that says, hey, if you get into an automobile accident and you're off work for a while, you could accelerate some of your life insurance benefits to pay the mortgage, mm-hmm. you know, to keep food on the table, to, to pay the bills and utilities and expenses. Otherwise, you might be upside down in a big hurry. And then, you know, all the way down to in the event that somebody would pass away, you have life insurance to help pay off the family mortgage, maybe provide income replacement for the surviving spouse. So younger investors, I think this is an area where we can help you. Secondarily, I want to talk to you folks that are post age 50. So under the SECURE Act, after the age 50, you have the ability where you're able to make larger contributions into things like traditional IRAs, Roth IRAs, and 401ks. There again, this is where it's becoming uh, in the red zone. You're kind of getting to that red zone that it's important to have a comprehensive plan put in place. And part of that planning process is taking a look at not only income replacement for the surviving spouse, but it's also looking at things like way down the road, what happens if you need long-term care. Mm -hmm. It's so much easier to make a decision when you're in your 50s about how to protect your life savings than waiting until you're in your 60s or 70s. You can make much more intelligent decisions while you're younger, and, and that generation has maybe seen what the impact is with maybe caring for mom and dad and you know being adult caregivers, the importance of getting those plans in place. And then, Scott, as you talked about, what a lot of folks don't realize is after the age 59 and a half, your plan very well may give you the ability, if you feel like you're limited on your investment choices, mm-hmm. you don't like what your 401k offers, Uh, Maybe there's an individual stock that is your favorite. Maybe there's a basket of individual stocks. Heck, maybe stocks aren't even your thing. Maybe you want to have some more uh, fixed, you know, protected investments that aren't subject to the market volatility. And you don't want to risk it anymore because you're over 59 and a half. Well, the good news is, is the government figured out at the age of 59 and a half, you're now a grown adult. You're You're, you're old enough to figure out most likely what you should do with your money. Sure. So you have the ability at 59 and a half where you could take the money, you can move it to a self-directed IRA. And that's where investment professionals like me can step in and help kind of guide you on individual customized solutions based upon your family's unique approach on what to do with your plan. So for those of you that have a 401k, and there's three areas that we can help. Those of you who are younger investors, if you're putting more money into the company match, let's have a conversation about, is that the right approach for you and your family? If you're over the age 50, you're getting closer to that red zone. What do we do to kind of take the steps now to get you retirement ready? And if you're at 59 and a half, congratulations. You can take steps now to do things like get yourself ready if you're going to retire before 65 to reduce the impact of health insurance, like I shared on a previous segment that we did with some folks. It can be to develop a customized approach. Maybe you're not comfortable with the risk of the stock market, with the market being uh, and retirement being so close by. There's steps that you can take to protect your money. So there are absolutely choices that you can take. And Um, If you want to have an analysis done of your 401k, uh, for the first five callers, we'll provide you an independent portfolio analysis. We can show you what your risk score is. We can show you what your grade point average is, show you what the strengths and weaknesses and provide you a a feedback on, you know, what might be a better approach to take your plan from good to great. Uh, That's exactly what we can do. Again, first five callers that have a 401k that want to get some advice on how to try to maximize what their lifetime benefits can be. Uh, give us a call. We'd be happy to help out. That number is 419-794-3030. I want to say something that hasn't been said yet, but I think I think the guys will agree with this. Any money above and beyond the employer match that you're saving towards your retirement, I mean, that's that's good. You're doing a good job. 
you're thinking big picture, but if there is a way to make that money work, you know, even better for you, it's certainly worth taking a look at. And that is what this independent portfolio analysis can really help with. Just be one of the first five callers, 419-794-3030. So guys, as expected, the Federal Reserve decided to pass on raising interest rates for now, but it didn't rule out the possibility of another hike in November. They said it all, quote, depends on the data. But so far, we haven't seen a recession and the economy seems to have picked up some steam. So some are wondering if the Fed has a clue. That's kind of been a common thing for a while, I believe. What are you telling your clients? <laughs> yeah, the question there is wondering if the Fed has a clue. The Fed doesn't probably have a clue really at all. And does anybody at our government. But, you know, the million dollar question here is, will Fed rate hikes affect the stock market? And really, if you look at the relationship between the stock market and interest rates, it's somewhat of a complex and uh, it can be influenced by various factors. But in this segment here, we're going to try to break it down for you so you can make a more intelligent decision about what to do with your money and how to position your portfolio moving forward. You know, in general, when interest rates are high, it can have both positive and negative effects on the stock market. And the actual impact is going to depend upon, you know, some other specific circumstances. So it's not just all about interest rates. Uh, here in general, though, are some of the ways that high interest rates can impact the stock market. Uh, first, it is very possible that you could have lower stock valuations. So what high interest rates do is they tend to lower stock valuations. That's because higher interest rates really increase the cost of borrowing from consumers to mm -hmm. companies, right? And so as companies have lower profits because of higher cost, that tends to lead to the lower intrinsic stock value. And as a result, you know, stock prices may decline as investors really revise what their expectations are for corporate earnings. Um, the second thing that you see is there's more competition from bonds and fixed accounts. You know, right now, if you look at the fixed interest rate environment, you know, we have money market accounts that are paying over 5% interest. Sure. I've seen other fixed investments that are at the 55 or 6%. So when you have the competition of risk-free investments, the investor has to determine, is the risk premium for putting their money in the stock market worth it, or are they better off looking at uh, these other fixed accounts? And again, with the markets being an auction, so the more people that take money out of the stock market move more into these higher fixed accounts, that puts further pressure overall on the stock market. Uh, number three is how that trickles down as you look at uh, reduced consumer spending. So, you know, we all feel the impact mm -hmm. of higher interest rates, really when it comes to the cost of borrowing, whether it's, you know, automobiles or whether it's the pass down expenses that we see with uh, things like going to get food or fast food, you know, mortgages are more expensive, car loans are more expensive. All this stuff really adds up. And, you know, when, when interest rates rise, it further impacts, you know, some of the uh, consumer spending habits that are out there, and it can lead to reduced consumer spending, which can cause a negative impact, again, on earnings of companies in sectors like the housing, the automotive, the retail industry. So you've got to be a little bit more selective on uh, where you want to own investments. Number four is, speaking of where you own investments, the category of stock investing, if you have growth versus value, you know, higher interest rates can have a more impact on growth-oriented companies because their valuations are also based upon expectations of their future sure. earnings. Like, what are they going to bring out of the future with their growth potential? And with interest rates rising, you know, their future earnings are now discounting at a higher rate, causing growth stocks sometimes to underperform. 
Uh, we saw a lot of that happen as interest rates last year really started to take off and growth stocks uh, struggled a little bit. Now, in 2023, we've seen a little bit more growth stocks come back. So you can, at number five, you can benefit from more defensive stocks. And I think, you know, here we are at a nice run-up of the market. This is where an area that can be more attractive today. You know, some investors uh, may seek some refuge in defensive-type sectors. You know, particularly these are companies that are consumer staples. These are companies that people need on a daily basis. Um, this can be an area, ultimately, that's been kind of ignored. I mean, we've seen uh, so far in this year in the stock market, if you take the S&P 500 index, you know, the larger, they're called Magnificent Seven, have been the driving force for a majority of the performance. And a lot of those other stocks have been ignored. So some of those stocks could create a better valuation looking forward. Uh, government bonds, we talked a little bit about uh, the government I-bonds last year uh, with, you know, where they're tied to interest rates and uh, government I-bonds can still be an attractive alternative for somebody who doesn't want type of market risk. But there are, again, there's other economic impacts and factors that are going to not only say that interest rates are not the only driving factor and how to make an intelligent decision of where to go forward. In fact, this is the conversation that we're going to have coming up at our Economic Summit. It's October 11th. It's at the Hilton Garden Inns at 6 p.m. And we're talking about how to put the odds in your favor. Uh, we have an incredible uh, presentation lined up, going to give you more ideas, talking about how to position your portfolio through taking advantage of these fixed rates, as well as uh, understanding the market conditions and strategies to not only survive, but thrive in what could be a crazy year with the election coming up. Uh, so again, ARHQ.com. Click on the events tab. We'd love to have you come out to our economic summit and learn more. Again, uh, just to, so they don't have many people to account for, uh, it's coming up right around the corner, October 11th, ARHQ.com, the events, find out more. Or if you just want to sit down and speak with the guys and start developing that plan, perhaps you can't make it to the Economic Summit, that's fine as well. The phone number, 419-794-3030. When was the last time that you checked the beneficiaries on all your financial accounts? Here's the story of a woman whose husband recently passed away. She wanted to get access to the 401k money from his job, and financial advisor John Paraguay, well, he picks it up from there on TikTok. And she finds out she's not getting this half a million dollar 401k payout. Come to find out, out of sight, out of mind, he's forgot to change the beneficiary from his ex-wife to his present wife. And guess who's getting that 401k check? And she's got a better chance of seeing Elvis of getting his ex-wife to give her that 401k money. Unfortunately, this isn't a completely uncommon story. Do you remind clients about this important chore? Have you guys actually seen things like this happen uh, in your office? We have. And in fact, we've created the beneficiary checklist that outlines 16 different topics to go through on making sure your beneficiaries are correct. And what I would say is that when we walk through this beneficiary checklist with folks, 90% of the time, we find beneficiary mistakes that are out there. And in fact, you know, if you if you listen to that TikTok commercial and what they were talking about there, you know, a, a husband got divorced, mm -hmm. didn't change the beneficiary, got remarried, passed away, and is ex-wife is the beneficiary of the account. You know, all, all kidding aside, I guess, glad he's dead because he probably would have been killed, you know, had that situation not uh, occurred and him still be here. But those are the type of blow-ups that can happen all the time. In fact, if you go on Google and you type in the pension pickle, you can read a very sure. similar story about a teacher who had saved and accumulated her life savings and then passed away, and her sister got the money not her husband, because when she set it up years ago, 
her sister was listed as the, the beneficiary. Folks, uh, this is an area that you do not get a do-over. You get one shot at getting this right. In fact, uh, we had a, a meeting. We do a team meeting every week, and we discuss you know, our, our team approach, and we were working on some case designs. And unfortunately, dealing with retirees, you know, we have clients that pass away. And, you know, one of the biggest honors that I have is helping the family transition sure. through that process, you know, allowing them to come in and sit down with us and say, you know, this is why we did the beneficiary checklist. This is why we did the estate planning documents. This is why we went through the task of getting everything right, working hand in hand in that team approach with your estate planning professional and making sure that your wishes are carried out exactly the way that you want. But we ran into this situation uh, where Chaz was talking in our uh, team review of a case and the daughter had come in and uh, requested a withdrawal out of the account uh, to pay some bills for mom who had recently passed away. You know, it's not physically possible, you know, after mom had passed away, there's nothing that can be done in that situation. In fact, you know, you can even have a situation where you have maybe a husband and wife and maybe the overwhelming lion's share of the money is in one of the spouse's name. Maybe it's, you know, the husband because he had it in his retirement account and mm -hmm. he worked all those years. Well, you know, when he passes away, there's still a process, even if there is a properly named beneficiary being the wife, there's still a time process that has to take place to get those assets transferred over you know, from the, the one spouse to the other spouse. So making sure that you address things like the liquidity and making sure that you have things set aside and, and there and available for you. We also think about the things like, um, you know, my beneficiary is probably already on file. I'm, I'm sure I set that up correctly. Well, have you ever upgraded a computer from uh, an old computer to a new computer and needed to find something that was new? I mean, I recently did that with yeah. my computer. And what I realized is that in my old computer, I copied all of my documents over, but I forgot to copy my pictures. Sure. You know, sure. so years later, if I would have destroyed that computer, I don't have my pictures anymore unless there's some type of backup. So if you're listening, you might assume that your beneficiaries are on file correct with your financial institution, like your 401k or your IRA. I, I tell you what, in our beneficiary checklist, one of the items that we go over is to make sure you get it in writing. You want to call the financial institution. You want to ask them, what are my beneficiaries listed? Uh, if you can't see that information when you log into your account online, ask them to send that to you in writing so you ensure that it's correct. Um, it's also very common. You could have a blended family, you know, yep, absolutely. couples are remarried today. So those type of wishes are something that has to be unique. So you know, the, the term divided equally amongst all children born of this marriage, that's not identifiable feature when you have a properly named beneficiary. In fact, you need to have five key elements for a properly named beneficiary. So I don't know if you run into this situation. I mean, you've been Absolutely. dealing with this with mom to try to get things mm -hmm. up to date. Um, it, it's one of those areas, you know, it can be confusing. No question. And mistakes can be costly. Not only can the money go to the wrong person, if you don't set it up correctly, the government's going to come in for a money grab on retirement accounts in the form of taxes. And then in addition to that, they're going to double whammy them with things like possible probate. Yep. And then you have attorney fees on top of that. And, you know, all of a sudden in the blink of an eye, you could have 50, 60, 65 percent of a retirement account wiped out because, you know, mistakes were made with not having their proper estate planning task put together. For us in the financial world and for us with the life insurance our responsibility, unfortunately, lies to provide the information in the accounts and provide the information to the insurance company. It's kind of the attorney's responsibility to 
to decipher how the will was read and who's responsible for what, when, where, and how, right? You know, and the other thing, Nolan, you and I have put together the Ultimate Estate Planning Guide, and in there is the beneficiary checklist. But there's a lot of other things that are in this planning guide that a lot of people don't think about. You know, and I've talked about it before. You know, when Dad passed a couple of years ago, if you don't have all of these things spelled out, passwords, um, addresses, uh, account numbers, all of these things are in the Ultimate Estate Planning Guide that we put together. If any of you would like to get a copy of this guide, you can reach out to us. Uh, you could go on to our website and uh, request it there or actually give us a call at the office and, and we can provide it for you. But, you know, you definitely don't want to be put in a situation where you're planning in the 11th hour. If you prepare and plan for it now, when the last thing you want to worry about is how everything is going to be divvied up when you're suffering the, the traumatic loss of a loved one. I mean, that's just not the right time to do it. Well, I, I want to point out one more thing for those folks that are listening and say, you know what? I have an attorney. I updated my state plans. I've got all this stuff covered. You may not. Right. So as you talk about, the attorney maybe is responsible when it comes to what is called probating and is exactly. administering the state. But there's also there's the secondary or the, the beginning part of it. The beginning part of it is establishing the wills, the power of attorney. Right. So what a will is, is a will is a letter of instructions to the judge. It talks about what you want to happen with your personal items, you know, your house, your bank accounts, maybe your rings, those type of items. But what it doesn't address is it doesn't address the issue of named beneficiaries. So if you have life insurance, an annuity, a 401k, a IRA or a retirement account, a named beneficiary is going to supersede what your will says. There again is one more reason why I love the comprehensive approach of working sure. hand in hand with the attorney and all of us looking at making those decisions so they all are coordinated together because you need to match up with what your legal documents say with what your wishes are on your financial documents. So if your financial documents aren't correct, you're still could have one of those blow-ups. And that's why I'd say 90% of the time I find mistakes when I take people through the beneficiary checklist, which, as you point out, is part of the ultimate estate planning checklist. So, folks, if you'd like to get a copy of the ultimate estate planning checklist, more importantly, sit down and work through that with us. Make sure that you don't make one of those 90% of mistakes. Give our office a call. We'll set up a time to walk through that ultimate estate planning checklist to make sure that you've crossed the T's and dotted the I's because, again, you get one shot at getting this right, and you got to get it right the first time. You know, if not for yourself, uh, because not to be callous about it, you will have been passed on and you won't have to suffer the consequences. Do it for your loved ones to make sure that, you know, an already difficult time in their life uh, doesn't have to have that compounded with, with uncertainty or, uh, you know, legal disputes or uh, a rift in the family. This ultimate estate planning guide, this ultimate estate planning checklist uh, can go a long way to hopefully preventing uh, further strife. Uh, reach out 419-794-3030 or go to the website as well, ARHQ.com. Some think the market is hanging in there during some challenging economic conditions, but wealth manager Shannon Sakosha tells CNBC. Well, there's certainly some risks ahead of us. We obviously have the UAW strike. Certainly could have some meaningful impacts, not only in sort of near-term GDP, but also longer term. We also have what's happening in Washington. You know, we averted the shutdown earlier this year. We're talking about the potential for the consumer to start to slow down. We're seeing the resumption of student loan payments. So there's certainly a lot, even outside of market technicals, to create some volatility. All these factors in play, is this enough to stay cautious for now, or are there some opportunities in the market? Well, I think there's always opportunities in the market if you're taking a look at understanding how it goes and how the market works with being an auction. 
the thing is, is I would say, you know, for younger workers that are out there, so anybody, you know, that has more than 10 years for retirement time, don't worry about the daily news. In fact, uh, one of the interviews that I did with uh, Dr. Getzman from Yale is he did a 20-year study about people who watched the news and the financial decisions that they made. Those people who watched the daily news ended up making more poor decisions than folks who did not watch, you know, constant financial news. So again, if you're 10 years or longer, turn off the daily news, continue to contribute towards your financial independence, and don't worry so much about today or tomorrow. Now, for those of you that are, you know, within 10 years of retirement time, what I would encourage you to do, if you're going to need the money in the short term, because of the fact that we've had a strong rally in the market over the last you know, several months or a year, now's a great time to fill up the next three to five years worth of your money. Uh, I met a couple of just recently uh, that are in that exact same situation, you know, recently retired, mm -hmm. probably going to need the money sometime in the next couple of years. They had all of their money in what's called a target date retirement account. And so in that target date retirement account, the mutual fund diversifies their money between uh, equities and bonds. And generally speaking, as the you know retirement date gets closer, the more increase in fixed income bonds in a portfolio. The challenge about that is stocks and bonds are both investments that have risk. It's both investments that have volatility. And we saw that a lot in 2022. When you looked at the portfolio, we did a risk analysis. And in, in the risk analysis, it showed he had a risk score of 60 out of 100. So it's still, again, to me, it's going like 60 miles an hour. And, right. you know, if you get into an automobile accident at 60 miles an hour, it very well could be a deadly accident. But because of the fact that we have fixed interest rates significantly higher today than where they were a year ago, I showed them how, how to take some money out of the bond part of the portfolio, put it in some fixed investments. Now, what that would do is that would give them a plan B. Mm -hmm. So if, if equities unfortunately perform poorly over the next three to five years, they have money in investments that were not subject to stock and bond market risk. Sure. They could pull off of that being uh, instead of being forced into a situation to sell off their bond markets uh, at, at a temporary decline. And in addition to that, because of the fact that they put their money in investments that were not subject to stock and bond market risk, it took their risk score down from a, a 60 to a 30. And I don't know about you. I, I mean, if you think about Cedar Point, um, my kids aren't big fans of roller coaster rides. But a lot of the times when I talk to people, as you get older in life, you don't want as much of those ups and downs within Wall Street. So a 60-level portfolio is going to have much more ups and downs than a 30-level portfolio. Sure, sure. So how you allocate your investments can make a, a big difference uh, and it can make a difference right now about how cautious should you be in the stock market. At the same time, there's some really good opportunities. I had another conversation with a client last week, and we had some money that was set aside on uh, a buy on a dip opportunity. Now, you know, but in July, the 31st of July, the, the markets in general have been kind of selling off for the last couple of, of months. And you know, the, the market had created a buying opportunity, which is what had led us to this conversation. What we were able to do is we were able to take an option on the market in a protected equity strategy. This is uh, in an exchange-traded fund. So you can ask us about our protected equity portfolio. 
uh, or go on YouTube and see a video about it. But what it does is it limits the downside risk overall between now and a year from now and the fact that we could put a big majority of the losses to another investor if the market continues to go down. But between now and a year later, if the market goes up, it allows them to participate if the market has some good growth. So he was able to take some money and look at, you know, being able to buy on a dip that we have here in this market. So again, having a predetermined game plan that talks about when to sell, when the market rallies, and when to buy is helping you do the opposite of what the average investor does. So the average investor, again, gets greedy when the market goes up and they chase those hot stocks and they get fearful and they sell off when the market goes down. You know, we want to help you kind of run that fire safety drill and know about strategies ahead of time so you don't have uh, that particular situation, uh, especially, again, you know, when you're in that, that time frame. When we look at there's opportunities within the market, you know, if we look at the S&P 500 index, a lion's share of the market returns this year have been driven by seven out of 500 stocks. Mm -hmm. So finding opportunities is looking at the other 493 stocks in the S&P 500 index. We use a defined investment methodology so we can screen stocks for uh, cash rich. We can look for stocks that are low debt. We can look for stocks that have great return on equity. Then we can look at the fundamentals of those stocks and be able to make a more intelligent decision about, you know, investing in opportunities in this marketplace on where we think, you know, three, five or 10 years from now uh, has some good growth potential. And I think if you look at some of our portfolios, like our capital strength or our daily essential, uh, there really are some good opportunities for, again, some of them that more long-term money. So the answer is how cautious should you be in this market? It depends upon your time frame. It depends upon when you need the money. And, and then if you have a little bit more longer time frame, you know, taking a sniper shot approach to figure out where there are those opportunities in the market uh, can help you out. If you're not sure if you're positioned correctly, uh, that's exactly what I'd love to have a conversation about. I can provide you with an independent portfolio analysis. We can dive deep into your portfolio and we can look for opportunities to make sure that one, every dollar is working as hard as it possibly can, in our opinion. But two, also, are you in the right place to benefit uh, whether the market goes up or down. That's what we can talk to you about. And again, I love doing that for our radio show listeners. If you're one of the five callers that calls us up, just call me up, say, Nolan, I want that independent portfolio analysis. I'll put that together for you and give you my professional advice and guide back about you know how cautious you should be in this market. I'm reminded of uh, two quotes when it, in regards to the market. Uh, Warren Buffett kind of uh, encapsulated what you said there. You want to be fearful when others are being greedy. You want to be greedy when other people are being fearful. It makes sense putting it to, to paper a little more difficult. And the other one is perhaps not as, as financially savvy an investor as Warren Buffett, but Kenny Rogers. You got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them if you need help mm -hmm. with that. Again, that is where that independent portfolio analysis really comes into play. Be one of the first five callers, 419-794-3030. Now, depending on who you ask, the year 2026 may seem a long way off, but when it comes to tax planning for your retirement, uh, well, time is of the essence. At the end of 2025, the many provisions of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act also known as the Trump tax cuts, they will sunset. So tax brackets will revert at that point, and it might not even stop at that. They might actually go up. So with that in mind, you guys obviously knowing this, what are you doing now uh, with your clients to prepare? I think we're doing everything we possibly can to have the government stay away from their money. 
you know, I think retirees today face a tremendous amount of risk. And there's a couple of ways that they face that risk. When we think about the government attacking their money, uh, first of all, it's going to come in the form of taxes on Social Security. So what a lot of retirees don't realize is that, you know, when you get into retirement time, you have two tax codes now. Not only do you have the provisional income tax, like I do as a worker, you also have the taxation of Social Security benefits. Uh, and, and in fact, when one of the spouses passes away and then they're an individual uh, tax filer, you can get into something called the widower's trap, which, again, we have a video that talked about how that tax trap impacts people uh, in retirement time. Uh, secondarily, you have the tax issue of leaving money to uh, a loved one. I met with a couple recently, and they're blessed in the fact that they have enough uh, money and other sources that they don't really need their retirement accounts right now. They they have them as kind of a backup, if you will. And so their goal is, is you know, one day if they don't need the money, there's no emergency, and they're doing what they want to do. If this money is left over, they, they want to leave it to their children, which makes a ton of sense. But the reality is I had to explain to them that traditional tax-deferred retirement accounts like 401ks and IRAs and 403bs are some of the most inefficient ways to transfer wealth from one generation to the next. Uh, that's when a tax time bomb can go off. And in fact, we can see the government is already starting to come back after those dollars, not only with the sunset provision that comes into effect, but also with the SECURE Act. So a few years ago, when I left money, say, to my son as a beneficiary, he had the ability where he could stretch out the taxes over his entire lifetime. Under the first SECURE Act, they changed it, and they said, no, you got to get it all out within 10 years. And then in the SECURE Act 2.0, they came in and said, nah, not only do you have to get out in 10 years, we want a little bit out each year as well and taking a required minimum distribution. So, you know, again, they're attacking retirees' retirement savings. And you have to ask the question, well, why? Why attack our retirees? I mean, what the greatest generation ever, if you think about what they've done for our, our country. And the reality is, is kind of like what they asked the famous bank robber, I think his name's Willie Sutton. Mm -hmm. They asked him, why do you rob banks? Remember what he said? That's where the money is. That is. That's where the money is. And, you know, a, a retirement account or Social Security benefits or, you know, somebody's house are their biggest assets that they own. And that's where the money is at, folks. They're coming after your retirement account. And then also, if we look at it, the government is broke, right? They are mm -hmm. broke, but they're yep. still spending more and more of our money, yep. right? You know, we have right now a looming government shutdown. We have the debt ceiling just surpassed $33 trillion for the first time in our U.S. history. Our government has no desire to stop this spending. We have Social Security printing on their statement that they're, they're going to be exhausted and unable to pay you know, 100% of benefits, they may hit the reduced benefits to 80% in as short as 10 years from now. So, you know, what does this all mean to you? It means that you as an individual have the ability to take control of your individual tax situation. Don't rely on the government taking care of you. Get control of it. What we did here is we put together the tax savers checklist. So, in the tax savers checklist, what we can do is we can walk through doing the tax analysis. Uh, I met this other gentleman here recently, and with this gentleman, we took a look in his situation. Again, financially well-off, doesn't need his retirement accounts, but when we did the analysis, what we looked at is he had a pretty substantial gap 
between where he was at and the next income tax bracket, and he was in a pretty low tax bracket. Sure. He has the ability where he could take and he could pay some of the money now and do something like a Roth conversion. Uh, he could take the money out and gift it to his children now instead of waiting till later. Uh, he could take the money and put it over in, into life insurance, which is a much more uh, tax-favorable vehicle if he wanted to transfer wealth. There's things that he was missing opportunities out where he could have paid little to zero taxes now. And when he talked about his children, they were already well off. It's most likely the fact that they're not going to pay the low taxes like he is if there is money left over, which is what his desire. So by going through this tax savers checklist, we look at things like IRA, Roth contributions. We look at doing a Roth conversion analysis. We look at doing a uh, tax roadmap for you. We look to optimize each account for tax efficiency, uh, optimize from a tax withdrawal standpoint, which accounts are better to take withdrawals from. If you need things like health insurance, there's a difference between, say, age 62 to 65 when you go from affordable health care to uh, Medicare. There's a strategy there. Optimizing those tax-free monies to pay other uh, different investments, evaluating, you know, what all your tax-free options are. So, in the tax savers checklist, we've got 25 items that we go through. And this is one of those areas that the clock is ticking. Once December 31st gets here, the clock is over for strategies for 2023. So if you are looking to try to minimize the taxes that you and your family pay now and in the future, give our office a call. Say, hey, Nolan, we want that tax savers checklist. We want to go through that checklist and make sure which of those items apply and do not apply so we can make a better educated decision. And this week, your first step is just pick up the phone, give us a call. We'll go through that tax savers checklist and be happy to help you out. I think having this tax savers checklist could be uh, invaluable when it comes to your retirement planning. And it all starts with reaching out and giving a call, 419-794-3030. And one more time, I want to remind you, you can find out all the upcoming events and go ahead and reserve your seat for one of them by going to the immense tab at ARHQ.com. And we genuinely do appreciate you joining us, spending part of your day with us here on America's Retirement Headquarters. Hope you have a great week ahead of you. Stay safe out there. Guys, as always, grateful for the time. And as we wrap up, I want to leave you with the final word. Yeah, I'd say come out to an event, ARHQ.com. We've got a lot of events coming up. We'd love to have you out to them. And make sure you stay tuned next week, same time, same channel, right here on Toledo's largest stock station. And when you think retirement, think America's Retirement Headquarters. It's home of the Retirement Guys Formula and America's Medicare Associates. America's Retirement Headquarters is located at 1700 Woodland Drive in Maumee, Ohio. You can reach them by calling 419-794-3030 or online at americasretirementheadquarters.com. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Nolan Baker is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstance. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Nolan Baker, Ohio Insurance License Number 27787.